Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Hey there, the holidays are here. So it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we are elevating the conversation on what it means to be mindful in business, in the workplace, and in every aspect of your life. I am Holly Duckworth, and I'm so excited to bring you this interview with a woman that really has a beautiful book and a beautiful presence, and her book title is called Elegance of Simplicity, A Wisdom Teacher's Epic Journey into awareness. And listeners, I want to introduce you to Sophie McLean. She is the author of this book and really brings to life an embodiment of what it means to do a spiritual quest and connect our physical reality with the quantum reality. And we're going to have a fun conversation today about what that means in life and in the workplace. Sophie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. Well, one of the things we talked about is the power of um, connection and that you yeah. love connecting people. So I, I, I love how our interview came to be. We were actually connected by a mutual friend, um, Karen Jacobson, who will be on another episode of the show. And, and Karen is the, the GPS girl, and yeah. the voice of the GPS and really a great connector. And people think of her brand in terms of like physical geography, but she's also a very connected spiritual person. And so it's so exciting to start gathering this, this ecosystem of entrepreneurial, spiritual, quantum aware women to grow this movement. Again, no matter what word you choose, and obviously on the show we're calling it mindfulness, um, but I really love um, our pri primary conversation was around this thing. We haven't talked about a lot on the show the word ego 
And you said, I am an expert in deconstructing the ego. And you said it with, with passion and power. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about what is the ego for those who are on the show it might be new and um, how you came to, to work with it and deconstruct it and how we can use it as a tool in our life. Hmm. So, um, uh, you know, if we look, um, the ego, I'll give you the definition I came yeah. up with and then I'll explain it, right? But the ego is the sum of all of our identification in the material physical dimension. So what does that mean, right? I, I just really wanted to get to the source of all the suffering and the fighting and the conflict that there was in the world, right? And um, I imagine long, 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 long ago at the beginning of time, um, plants and then um, animals uh, were then created and I don't pretend to know why, how, or when. And then I looked at the energy system, right? So we need energy to survive. The plants do not have a system, internal system to produce energy themselves. So they depend on the sun to feed them energy. So the plants are receiving from the sun. They do not need to get anything. The animals, including human beings, we also do not have a system, internal system, to get energy, right? But we, at the difference of the plants, we need to go and get it. We need to go and find out what is poisonous and what is nutritious, right? So the brain got trained very early on to go and make this distinction between what's nutritious, what's not, and get it. So that's, um, that's all very good. In fact, I think that the species that didn't survive didn't make that distinction. They did just got it wrong and they got what killed them, right? But uh -huh. we, as human beings, are still around. So obviously we did something right. We learned what could just nourish us and what could kill us. Now, that's all very great. But the problem is that I think we have two kinds of mind. We have a mind that is connected to the quantum, to the possibility world, to, to the non-material world. And then we have another mind through the five senses that connects to the material world. And somehow we disconnected ourselves from that elevated quantum reality and we think, many of us think, that the only reality is the material world through the five senses. So not only do we need to survive physically, but we need to survive ontologically, meaning as far as being in concern, right? Ontology is the art and study of being. So we use exactly the same mechanism to survive physically, getting food, escaping danger, and uh, for relationship uh, uh, from a human being to human being. I don't know if that was very English, but I hope you got what I said, right? So now you, we have a world where people dominate, control, fight, not communicate, really survive each other exactly the same way we used to survive physically. And that is the ego. Right? And that is a source of many suffering, all suffering, in fact, when you identify with that. 
That's so interesting, Sophie, because I think that's part of what's making this time in human history, 2020, so fascinating is I think a lot of us mm. have lost touch with the brain that does the material world. And, and some of us have lost touch also with the brain that does the, the quantum or the spiritual world. And so each of us are on a journey of renewal, rediscovery, transformation. Mm, 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 mm. Um, some of us both in, the, in the, the physical part of our mind and in the spiritual, and then the integration of both. And it's exciting yes. to have more teachers like yourself coming forth. And, and you know, I don't think any one of us are saying this is bad or this is good, but saying yeah, uh -uh. Let, how, how are we... How are we going to use all of our all of our stuff yeah, in the yeah. brain and the body and the spirit to to be nourished in the highest and best life we can create? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite author, David Hawkins, said we are entering the time of Homo Spiritus. Isn't that great? We're going from Homo sapiens to Homo Spiritus, and I totally agree with you. I'm delighted to be alive at this time because I think as much as we have to deal with a lot of suffering and horrors, there is also this groundswell movement with people that know there is something else available and it really is time to create a new culture for humankind. Well, I like I like your definition of the word ego, and the listeners know I love to, to play with words and, and do just exactly what you did, like go to that simple simplicity of a definition and that then unpack that more and it's sort of funny because i also sometimes get tripped up by by negative words and some people have a negative association with the ego so i'm curious mm. how how would you help people through that if they're like oh my ego is bad yeah yeah well that's when you don't know what the ego is because the ego is actually everything other than nothing <laughs> so there is Things that don't work, things that works. I mean, but that's all the ego. The ego is not only being an arrogant ha ha ha, you see? But how do you, you know, the thing is, there's two things I want to say about it. I just love this conversation. So the first thing is, how can you survive the material dimension without an ego? You cannot. You need to create. You know, when I talk to you, I have, created a certain way of being when I go on a date. I am very different. I can be charming and sexy when I go and need a conference with 500 people. I'm very intentional. You know, so those are all ways of being that are created like an actor. And you are really authentic when you tell the truth. What people are frightened to speak about is that they have created their entire personality. Well, there is no problem with that as long as you tell the truth about it. <laughs> so that's one thing. And then the second thing, sorry, is that you need to distinguish and be aware of the personality or character or ego. Those are all the same, describing the same thing that you created as you were growing up so that you're not on automatic. And then you're free to be who you want to be. But on this plane, on this material plane, you do need an ego, except if you go in a monastery, in an ashram, on top of a mountain, do not talk to anybody and spend your entire life in silence meditating. I joke, I, I often tell my clients, I, I call the ego your expanding God opportunity. Or good, <laughs> not a God, yeah. I know that can be a charged word for people, an expanding good opportunity. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so so when when that that energy of, of of ego, like you said, shows up and it shows up all the time, I'm like, oh, here's another expanding good opportunity. Yeah, but do you know the marvelous thing is that when you're really connected with your soul and you have that vertical connection, you know, the many people call it the Kundalini um, uh, pillar or column. Uh, when you're really connected, then what you create as an ego is directly connected to the divine or the spiritual. So it's, it's you, this is where life is delicious and it's an adventure. Absolutely. I, I so connect to that. And we were exploring two concepts before the show um, that, that, I, that I'm, I hope we can embark upon in more shows this year. And it's this idea of sometimes mindfulness, this, this stuff gets filed into a box called self-help or personal development, mm-hmm. which is a great place many of us start. But mm-hmm. now in, in 2020, I think this movement is getting some momentum that, that's becoming more of a, a collective or a group consciousness, um, a group awareness thing. So I was curious your take on, on, on that personal development and the, the collective fulfillment, the collective of all of us doing all this work Mm. now together. What's your take on that? I'll quote the Dalai Lama, right? Which is um, somebody I have a lot of respect for. And he said, uh, if you seek enlightenment for yourself, you are a fool. And if you seek enlightenment for others, then you're a wise person. And that uh, captures it all for me. You know, the, the, they are, the point of working on oneself is not to be self-fascinated by all your mechanism. I mean, they are quite boring. And frankly, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but when my mind goes, goes, I find it so boring. You know, I was meditating this morning, attempting to connect to the divine, and my thoughts were about how, where to put my rug. And I started laughing, saying, really? I am meditating for the presence of the divine. I'm thinking of my regrets. So that's absurd. So personal development or working on yourself or deconstructing the ego is really not the end. It is just (laughs) the beginning so that there is this collective fulfillment available because the whole of life is inside of relationship, right? Never, ever, ever are we separated. Like you can hear what I'm saying because of your eardrum. If you didn't have it, you wouldn't hear me. I wouldn't be able to speak. Everything is connected inside of relationships. So personal development, unfortunately, can go over a very fine line to narcissistic uh, (laughs) research. And that is one of the traps one needs to go through before elevating. Well, you're, you're making me smile. And I always love it when guests come on the show and, and they, they, they share their real meditation experiences because I, <laughs> I, do, I do try to help people break up mindfulness and meditation. Like you, you, mindfulness is a tool, meditation is a tool, they work hand in hand, but they can also be, there's lots of other ways to become a mindful person. And um, I love your book title because it's Elegance of Simplicity. And okay. And then it goes on to say the wisdom, a wisdom teacher's epic journey to awareness. And, and I love that you laugh because I'm sure there was many moments on this journey where we think we have to be super serious. Like you said, I'm calling in the divine. And, yet, you're, 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 you're right. and so giving listeners, giving ourselves permission to, to be serious and be, be fun and find 
the grace of that that journey. So I'm I'm curious. Um, talk talk to me about how you, how you came to do to do the book. I mean, it's a personal thing to put your story out there in the way that you did, and you've been connected and had experiences of the divine at two and throughout your years. You talked about a story when you were 12, and it just grows and grows and grows. That that this shows about empowering people wherever you are to that elegance of simplicity for your personal journey. So how do you come to tell your personal journey? Well, I, I was leading seminars up to uh, 2010 all over the world. I led for about 80,000 people worldwide of all nationality and age. And, and I was, um, there was this, uh, oh, uh, call, a calling inside of me that I needed to deal with the spiritual. You know, when you can be swallowed up in the corporate world by doing, and I had this yearning to just literally go and educate myself um, with the spiritual. So I quit and I went on a <laughs> nine year sabbatical. Uh, it, I planned two years and it turned out to be nine years. And I studied everything I could put my hand on. I had tantric yoga, nutrition, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, tango. I went to do three masters in philosophy. I, I did everything I ever wanted to do. And then, you know, you get to a place where you need to give away what you get. What's the point of me having done all this work for the last 30 years and not give it away? Uh, for whoever wants it. I mean, if people don't want it, then that's fine. I'm not attached either. But, but this is uh, what a teacher is. A teacher is somebody that imparts the knowledge, but only the knowledge they have experienced. And I've had a very full life. I mean, there is not much I haven't experienced from losing a child, losing my husband, being raped, being in a war, living in an ashram, living in a penthouse, living on a farm. I traveled the world. I mean, I tell you, I've had a, um, really quite a blessed life with all those experiences. So I, I, just, I, I thought, okay, I've got to give it away. So I wrote the book and I must tell you, I started writing the book as a philosophical essay yeah. and I gave it, gave it to 10 friends and they looked, went back, came back to me and they said, can't understand anything. It is cold, dry, you're not in the book. I, I, I couldn't finish it. So that was quite shocking. And, but I realized if I don't put myself in the book, I won't make the difference I want to make. You know, philosophy is marvelous. I, I'm a philosopher by training, but what's the point of philosophizing if it doesn't impact your everyday life? So I let go of all my protection, all my fear, all my privacy, and I went for it. And I put my entire life experience in that book, or nearly all of it. And um, I, I um, hope it will make a difference in people's life because you can relate at least to some of it. I mean, and there is a whole description of the ego in the book. So, well, we're going to put your your website link, and we're going to put a link to the book and everything in the show notes for for the listeners. Um, but I, I want to come back to we we often make sure to when we have guests on the show to highlight, and I, and I want the listeners to hear that. Um, just as we talked at the beginning of the show, our, our mind is often 
the, the piece of the, the physical and the quantum world, what a gift it is that you're sharing through this book and through your trainings and your workshops, the integration of the value of both of those things. Um, one of the questions we were talking about is, so I want to, I want to know, Sophie, can I leave this planet with my ego or do I have to like relieve it, le release it on this, on this plane? Like from your journey, what do you know about this whole ego thing? Do, are we getting, get rid of them or are we taking them with us? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have no idea, but uh, I really don't have any idea. But my theory, because everybody can make up uh, a story about everything, right? But I, we will not know until we go to the other side. Uh, yes, you do. Um, as far as beingness is concerned, I think you do um, have to account for it. You know, that's what the people call the karma. It's... it's um, Maybe, maybe we do have many lives and we work out our karma, but I do think uh, karma does, uh, is real. I, I think so. So I think it goes on and on. So one of the things that you've been bringing through your work um, is creating a nest, a, a, a safe place, a, a workshop, a conversation place where people can dive into these concepts a little bit more. So tell us about the workshop that you're planning um, that's happening in 2020. So I, I need one-on-one -on -one sessions, right, for a few people because one-on-one -on -one takes a lot of time. But I, I realize that you know, it's one thing to do the work and go to a seminar or do some some letting go work, but then you have to integrate it in your everyday life. And that's where people need support. So I created a five weekends of a year course. There is five coaches that takes care of the participant as well. I'm leading it. And, and this course is called the NEST One Year Course and it stands for Nurturing, Educational, spiritual transformation and over the space of one year you get to integrate all your insights and all your breakthrough and elevate your consciousness and the the participant in that course are people that want to participate in the creation of a new culture for humankind they want to make a difference so doctors and teachers and coaches and hr people and anybody interested in elevating the global consciousness that's the place to be and the first one starts in march in new york wonderful yeah so what do you say to these people you probably get them sophie in your circles um say, same as i do that say yeah that woo woo stuff doesn't have a place in corporate that mm -hmm. that spiritual stuff doesn't work it doesn't it's not part of my my company like like how how do we how are you addressing that issue so the, the first thing is that I never try to force my view on people, right? Because that, as you know, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Um, but I use the Socratic method with those people. Socrates never gave any answer. He just asked questions. And, and when you ask people questions, it makes them think. And that is my only access to have people let go of their protection, let go of their defenses and start being authentic and telling the truth. And um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But you know the saying, right? When the student in ready is ready, the teacher arrives or something like that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how I deal with it. But more and more and more and more, 
there are some companies I find and some people that refuse to spend up to eight hours of their day in a non-nourishing, difficult space. And so um, it's, it's moving. I think it's moving. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that the, the time is now and I feel so fortunate um, to be able to gather the premier community, um, exploring these concepts, inviting them into workplaces around the world, because our world needs that that visionary compassion, mindfulness as, as individuals and then certainly as the collective. So as we wrap up this show, one of the segments we like to do is really this idea of thought-provoking questions. And you just referenced the, the Socratic method as um, mindfulness people on a quest. What's one of the questions maybe you asked yourself or you came upon in your journey that uh, you asked yourself that you would maybe share with our listeners as a question that they could use to deepen their own connection to the ego and the integration of this material brain and the quantum brain. Is there a question that, that you found extra juicy or nourishing that perhaps we could ask our listeners? That I could ask the listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if if, okay, the question would be, imagine yourself at the end of your life, on your deathbed, about to go, what kind of life would you have liked to live? What kind of human being would you have liked to be? Oh, great, great question. And, you know, listeners, again, two words highlighted there, human being and be. We're not human doings and we're not what would you like to do? And... Uh, Sophie, you're such a great gift to the show. Thank you for coming on. Um, any last words of wisdom or anything uh, before we let you get back to your, your busy day? You know, I'm very grateful that there is people like you truly in the world that are interested to do the show and this podcast and, and there is more and more and um, it is really my privilege to serve. So thank you for having me and I hope the listener will enjoy and get a little tidbits of wisdom out of our conversation. Station. Great. Well, we'll be having you back on the show again. Remember, mindful matters, and so do you. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.